you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Michael Robinson. And I'm Mike Garofolo. Before G's and I kick around some hot topics today, we're going to kick things off with the conversation I had. Yeah, I it was just me. Jeezy was late, you know, per use Jeezy, okay, uh, that I had with Hall of Fame tight end Tony Gonzalez. Not just wait, completely absent. So, listeners, this is as new for me as it is for you. Let's hear it. <laughs> and we want to welcome the great. Yeah, I, I got to say great, guys. I mean, 14-time Pro Bowler. Over 270 games played. Yes, I did say 14-time Pro Bowler. His Pro Bowl, his Pro Bowlers are a teenager. Let's just say that, guys. <laughs> the great Tony Gonzalez. Welcome to the show, big dog. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing well, buddy, man. It's good to see you again, again. Yeah, <laughs> always, man. So look, we start every show with a locker room story, okay? Now, not something that we tell on TV, you know, total access on television. We got to be a little, you know, rated G. You know what I'm saying? For this one, we peel back the layers a little bit. People want to know something that you may not have told people. So it's your turn to bless the podcast with a locker room story. Okay, well, this is a good one. This happened my rookie year. And okay. when I got drafted, I got drafted with uh, my quarterback at, at, at college named Pat Barnes. Okay. And so we're, on a, we're, we're going to Tokyo to play in the Tokyo Bowl. And after the game, we're flying back home. So, you uh -huh. know, it's a long flight flying back to Kansas City on the, on the chartered plane. And I'm sitting right next to Pat. He's on the window and I'm in the back in coach seats. And yes, we, <laughs> they made us fly coach what? for 11 <laughs> um, so we're sitting there, but this is back when the lottery just started to get big. And so uh, the lottery was at like, I don't know, $150 million, $200 million. And all the guys on the team were playing. I, I wasn't playing, cause, cause, <laughs> but Pat is playing. So he's got all his tickets in front of him. And the captain comes on and says, hey, I know you guys are, uh, are, are uh, you know, playing this big lottery. So am I. The, the numbers just came in. And so the captain says, OK, for you guys, I know you guys want to know. Here's the number. This is back before internet and all that yeah. stuff. Get on point. So he starts naming off the numbers, and I'm just sitting there almost half asleep because it's the middle of the flight. And then Pat starts, he starts marking off the numbers. I, I hear him like a little rumbling. He gets excited, <laughs> more excited. And all of a sudden, the last number gets announced, and he says, Holy, holy. I won. I won. <laughs> no, you lying. He won. And so he's rimming, and I'm looking at him, and he's like, Dude, I won. And, and he's like, Get the f out of the way! Get the fuck out of the way! And he jumps over me, and I'm high fiving him, and I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, this is great. He wins. He goes running up the the plane, to, you know, yelling. Everybody's running. Everybody's like cheering him on. He gets to the front of the plane, um, and he sees the coaches, and he's like, I won, I won. And he goes, you know what? I hate football. He goes, screw you. He starts talking to one of the coaches. Screw you. I don't like. That. I'll buy this whole team. Like all this. What? And as he's doing this, Rich Gannon. And Elvis Gerback was our quarterbacks. They Don't grab tell him me they got and him. go, and they go, hey, it's a joke. It's a joke. We we got your numbers. We put the captain. <laughs> and and killed him. Like and, and he walked him back like a little puppy dog, like took his bone. Uh man, it was 
It was a great, it was a joke. They, they found his numbers and put the captain up there and told him to announce it. It was the best practical joke I've ever seen. And, and he had to go apologize to the coach and say, actually, I do want to play. Uh, play. I didn't mean Yo, to yell at you. That's uh, like a dream, right? To get like a hundred and something million dollars and they go tell your employee, you know what, I quit, you know, and just tell them whatever. Dude, y'all actually pulled that off? They, they, pulled, they, they pulled it off. It wasn't me. I was just, a, uh, you know, yeah. one of those rookies too. It was, it was, by the way, he got cut. <laughs> oh, he did. Oh my goodness, dog. Uh, but um, yeah, oh, I've always man. been like, man, that was that's cold blooded. Dude, that is cold blooded, bro. I don't think we've heard a story like that. We've heard some stories on this podcast, but that's cold blooded. All right, so let's let's take a look at your old teams. All right, you got the Atlanta Falcons, Kansas City Chiefs. They both have you know premier tight ends. One guy, Travis Kelsey, with Kansas City, who you know he's pretty much established. You know he was one of the top some guys in receiving yards last year. And then this kid, Kyle Pitts. Um, do you think Kyle Pitts is the next generation yeah. of tight ends? I mean, the, the position that you helped define for this generation. Yeah, well, I think you've been you've been seeing it. Just naming those two guys, um, uh, Travis and and George, the athleticism. I mean, these guys are all running, you know, that four, five, 40, uh, getting in and out of breaks. You see it. And you'll be talking about when I first came out, that was when people were saying, oh my God, this, the, the tight end position is getting way more athletic. I, you know, I ran a I ran a four six. Uh, I, you know, I jumped 36 inches. Now Kyle Pitts comes out and he, he runs a four, four and he runs a, <laughs> and he jumps 40 inches. So it's, it's these, the evolution of that position. Uh, but what it still comes down to is, is what it's always come down to. And you know, this just mm-hmm. as well as I do that you can have all that ability, but if you don't have it up, up here in your brain and in your heart and you don't want it bad where you'll, you know, and you don't ever feel like you've ever arrived. Like those are the guys that have the success to Tom Brady's guys that can stick around for a while so but as far as athletically with Kyle Pitts the the sky's the limit with with Matt Ryan he's played with me he's played with Austin Hooper he knows how to get a tight end open they know how to schematically scheme to to get to get him open they're going to use him a lot in the red zone I I I anticipate uh and I would expect big things coming out out of Kyle he's going to be a guy in this league uh that they're going to remember if he if he can put it together mentally and physically stay healthy obviously uh, he's going to be phenomenal at this level. Talk about what you see from him from a from a blocking standpoint, because obviously, you know, as a tight end, you got to block. A lot of times, you know, when I was at that position for some time, I tried to block half of a guy. But, dude, like, just talk about how do you even develop that skill? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Especially if you haven't done a lot of it um, in college. But that's the thing. I mean, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that. And, you know, you could say that. One thing about George Kittle is he is a complete tight end. Yeah. Uh, where he's that old school block him, uh, block the hell out mm-hmm. you and then go out there and catch some passes. Travis Kelsey, people will say, hell yeah, he doesn't block. And he doesn't block. It, but they don't expect him to block. <laughs> exactly. It's not, it's not part of his position. Andy Reid is smart enough to say, hey, I'd rather have you conserve your energy because I want to I want to use you in the, you know, for the passing game. And that's what I, I don't know if they're going to do that with Kyle. Can he block? I'm, of course he can. Yeah. He's 6'6", 250 pounds. I'm sure he's strong as an ox. But it's about does do you want to and do we more importantly though do, do we expect you to uh, do we are we rather say hey let's just save your energy we'll have you block maybe half the game do a backside cutoff but here's one thing I tell young tight ends if you can block then that opens everything else up for you in the passing game because now they got to respect that they got to come towards the line of scrimmage when you're there with your hand in the dirt they have to respect the run if they know you're not going to block they'll just lay off you and you know it gives the defense an advantage so hopefully he does learn how 
to block because it'll help his game in the long run. You think Travis Kelsey can be kind of in that top two, three guys in receiving yards again? I mean, dude looks like a wide receiver, bro. I mean, come yeah. on, TG. Like, they not you, you didn't have those concepts when you were coming up with all the yards that you got. Like, can he do it again? Yeah, when I was playing, I mean, you could you could jump on on my back. I think you did jump on my back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're not gonna call it. <laughs> no, not at where, all. Yeah, where now they you know the it's set up for the offense. I mean, it's not a secret. That's what sells tickets. People want to watch the, the scoreboard light up. So him have you give a guy like that with that range and that ability to run routes. I always say he's like smooth jazz out there, mm-hmm. where George Kittle's like the heavy metal music. <laughs> uh, he 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 knows how to run a route. He can get in and out, and the, when he gets the ball in his in his hands after the catch, he's I think he's the best. In my opinion, he's he's the best tight end I've ever seen after the catch. When he gets the ball in his hands, he makes guys miss it and get upfield very quickly. So I I I don't see why it should stop. You got Patrick Mahomes, the, the mm-hmm. greatest quarterback on earth right now, uh, and you got Andy Reid, and you got a rebuilt offensive line, and you got. Got Tyree Kill to, to, to move the defense back. I think he's going to go out there and have over a thousand yards again for the sixth year in a row and, and have around 10 touchdowns again because he's because mm-hmm. he's got it like that. He's in a great position. Dude, tell us about what you're doing with, you know, TiVo Stream 4K. You know, yeah. you, you've told me a little bit about it, but, you know, let, let everybody else hear uh, what you represent, brother. Yeah, well, it is that TiVo. A lot of people are probably going, TiVo, I'm going yeah. yeah, <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> it's still around and it is stronger than ever. And TiVo uh, 4K Stream, obviously the best quality picture you can get. You can watch the game. They have a great voice uh, function that you just push the button and you say, take me to the Chiefs game or take me to the Falcon game. It'll take you right there. And then really? as soon as that's over, if you got kids like me, uh, yeah. it's, it's, hey, take me to Cinderella. Let, let's let's watch mm. the latest action movie for my boy or whatever. Something that The Rock's in for his 100th film. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, and it only costs $29.99 on Amazon or any other major realtor. So it's affordable, it's a great too. Deal. Yep. It's affordable, too. Can, can it pick up accents? My, my boy, Mike Garofalo, he's not on. He's usually on with us. He got a heavy... Philly accent. Do they pick up accents as well? I, I guess. I hope so. <laughs> it better, man. So well, last question before we let you go. You spent your final year at Cal with uh, our network colleague, Steve Mariucci, okay, as your head coach. You got any Mooch stories, man? Give us something, man, because Mooch, I, I got to get at him a little bit. Well, you know, I, the story's been told before, so maybe some people <laughs> have heard of it, but I, you know, my uh, junior year, I'm, 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 I had a great season, and um, mm-hmm. And he was, by the way, it was his first year there. So he's been there for six months or whatever it is, eight months, good off okay. season. And then our, we completed our season. I was first team All-American. And, and I said, I'm going to go in the draft. So I declared to the draft. And uh, Mooch says, hey, Tony, I need, you, I need to come see you. Come see me in the, in, in the office. <laughs> and so I come in there. I sit down with him. And he's got a whole stack of papers. And he's reading the notes. He's all, I'm not ready for the NFL. He's on reading about me. He's telling me, he's all, this is mm-hmm. some colleagues of mine from the NFL. It says you're not ready uh, doesn't run the routes, Chris Bernard or whatever. <laughs> and he starts presenting to me, like, I'm telling me I, I can't go to the NFL. You, you're, he's a, a third round pick, fourth round pick. And he's, I just want you to know that. And I think you should, you should really come back and, and stay for your senior year. And I said, okay, coach, you know, thank you, but I'm, I'm going in, whatever. I'm not <laughs> uh, so, so I, so I get drafted in the first round. Uh-huh. <laughs> the first I didn't take it. Yep. Uh, and, and then Mariucci ends up leaving, going to the 49ers. And I was like, oh, he talked all that, trying to get me to come back. And then he goes to the 49ers with me, uh, goes to the NFL. So I always bust his chops about 
you know, telling me to stay, and then his his butt <laughs> takes off that week later. He, He's going to the 49ers. So. Tony G, ain't nothing wrong with that, bro. Y'all both went for the bag, dog. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Go get it, man. Go get it. <laughs> First of all, man, I got to thank you for coming by the show, man. This was awesome. What you don't know is when we spent that Pro Bowl together after the 2012 season, you taught me some things just riding back and forth to practice about diet, about you know people to work with in this industry. And I want to thank you for that. I've never gotten a chance to thank you for that, man. I'm a total vegetarian now because of you, man. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right. It was great catching up with Tony, but we've got some games we want to talk about, Jeezy. Yes, we do. Uh, let's get to the uh, the big storyline as far as the disappointments from week one is concerned with a lot of folks. And it's because it is so easy to connect the dots <laughs> on what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers did, because we spent so much time following the drama in the offseason, drama that Rodgers himself confirmed in his press conferences when he decided to come back, play for the Packers in what could be the last dance. So I'm apt to make that connection and say yeah. what I saw on the field was not just a spirited effort by the Saints, which if you listen to the pod here and you heard us on Good Morning Football Weekend, I, I did expect. I said, this is a team that's going to play for the region. Yeah, they're Absolutely. displaced. Yeah, they're not home right now. And people say, oh, that's a disadvantage. But I think even Jameis Winston kind of alluded to the fact that they were just kind of, you know, locked in on the game because they didn't have much else to do. I mean, I understand they were checking in back home and what was happening there. But because they were displaced, because they were by themselves, it kind of helped their focus and their preparation for the game. So not surprised they played well but completely bowled over that they were able to win the way that they were. And it, it, is it more questions about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, or is it more about the Saints? I mean, let's let's start with the Packers end of things, because I'm apt to believe that everything this offseason and Rodgers not being there, maybe it did contribute. I think it did, Jeezy. I think it did. The last two times I've seen Aaron Rodgers play football, which is the NFC Championship game last year, in this first game this year, okay, I'm not going to lie. He, to, in my opinion, he was a big reason why they lost. I mean, you look at that NFC Championship game, he was a scramble away from going to the Super Bowl. And this past week, I mean, we've seen Aaron Rodgers play bad, but there was this, he, he threw a long, deep interception. Um, and it seemed like he just threw the ball away. When we used to play football in the street, we used to call it PKR, right? On fourth down PKR, wherever I throw it and the ball hits, that's where you get the ball at, basically like a punt, right? Yeah. That's what it seemed like he did, man. He just threw it and it seemed like he knew it was going to be an interception. I, I felt like he was rushed on some throws. I felt like um, maybe if he was there for the offseason, things would have been different. It seemed like this Green Bay Packers team had so much, I don't know, maybe the, the arrogance from Aaron Rodgers or something like that. Like just, yeah, I can miss the, the entire offseason and things are going to be right the minute we step on the football field. I think that's what they were wrong in thinking. And for Aaron Rodgers to let this narrative out there that maybe this is his last season, mm. I got a feeling that maybe some of that has crept into some of his teammates' minds. I'm just being honest. Like, if hell, if this is going to be this guy's last year and he don't care about it, why should I care? 
That, you know what I'm that's saying? the that's the part because it's almost a self fulfilling fulfilling promise mm-hmm. prophecy. Excuse me. It may have had nothing to do with any of that stuff that they lost so badly, but because it happened, now if you're his teammate, if you're one of his coaches, if you're in the front office, and Randall Cobb has I think one catch and he made you trade for him, now all of a sudden all this stuff it's set against the backdrop of what yes. happened this off season. So <laughs> look, they're playing the lions this week. Detroit did fight to the end against the 49ers, but this is, should be an overmatched team. So things might feel like, Oh, it was an overreaction. The Packers are back, but, but watch, cause they're, they do have a tough schedule and there's going to be moments where they're going to face adversity. Well, everything that he has said and everything that happened this off season prevent them from really digging in and meeting that adversity adversity the way they're supposed to meet it. That is the question for the Green Bay Packers. That That is the question, man. Um, uh, But I'm going to say just the, the last point on this game, I'm going to hold off my opinions on Jameis Winston right now. I okay. am, just simply because I think it was a lot of emotion in this game. I think Green Bay played play bad, uh, but Jameis played officially, man. He only threw 20-something passes and threw five touchdowns in those 20-something passes. So I feel like Sean Payton was did a great job managing him from the sideline. But hold the presses. Everybody, don't think Jameis Winston's going to throw five touchdowns every single game and be this efficient. Let's just hold off our, you know, our, our opinions on Jameis Winston until we see a little bit more um, out of him. What's the next game, Jesus? You know it. Yeah, put a, put, a, put a pin in that one for sure. Uh, yeah. The next game where you've got the yin and the yang of what happened and can we draw conclusions from it is Arizona and Tennessee. I don't even know what Tennessee can take from this game Nothing. as a positive. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, nothing. You know, the, the running game wasn't great. The passing game wasn't great. The defense wasn't great. A lot of questions. You have a change in offensive coordinator. Arthur Smith has been driving that engine as the offensive coordinator. He's now in Atlanta. He's got his own problems, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I, I, where are the positives to me from Tennessee? And is this a team now that missed its window? That's going to be the big mm. question mark now. Um, I, you know, I don't think guys are over the hill or anything like that. But when you've got a guy rushing for 2,000 yards, he's not going to do that for very long. We know mm-hmm. how it happens at that position. Mike Rob, you're quick yeah. to remind us that those guys <laughs> aren't properly compensated because no, they aren't. Are they need so their own short. CBA. Yes, they need their own <laughs> CBA. So now all of a sudden you're going to get some big questions about Tennessee, I think, going forward. You should get the questions. And it's the same question I had before the season, Jeezy. Like, bro, you got all these nice hot rides on the outside, yet this team made its hay with the guy running the football. And I saw way too many straight dropbacks with Ryan Tannehill, which allowed uh, Chandler Jones to go, oh, my goodness. Chandler Jones, Arizona need to pay him yesterday. They just <laughs> need to just go ahead and find a contract. Say, do what you want, okay? Let You just write the number you want on that piece of paper, and we're going to give it to you. <laughs> That's what they need to do. I mean, this dude, to start off with five sacks like that against an all-pro tackle and Taylor Lewan, he beat the hell out of Taylor Lewan, bro. He beat him like he stole something. But anyway, anyway, all right, talking about the Tennessee Titans, I, I really just think that they're confused from an offensive philosophy standpoint. See, last year with Arthur Smith running the show, they ran the piss out of the ball no matter what. They can be down by two, three touchdowns. So what? Guess what? We're handing the ball off. But now when you have Julio and A.J. Brown and all these toys on the outside, I think they're getting confused as to what to do in what situations. I'm just saying that's what it looked like on tape. In Arizona, I think um, 
I feel like I've seen this before. I feel like they start fast every year, especially with Kyler Murray. And then around week six or seven, we're going to start to see some. I need to see this team be more consistent throughout the whole season, talking about the Arizona Cardinals. A mutual friend of ours, his name is Cody Winstead. He produces Good Morning Football Weekend. Yeah. He was with me on Sunday. Um, I did a red zone. I filled in. I filled in. I backed up. Scott Hansen, in case they had any technical difficulties, we had an East Coast contingent because it was their first time in a new studio. So we were East Coast at NFL Films in case it went down. It didn't. We did it anyway because we didn't want to just sit around there and figure we might as well you. get some reps. It's it's <laughs> unbelievably complicated. That's a story for another pod. Remind me, I'll come back to that. Uh, but Cody was <laughs> sitting there as we're doing the show, and he's like, Arizona gets off to a fast start. And he goes, yeah, somebody picked the Cardinals to go to the Super Bowl. And I was like, how's he talking about? Right. And so later on, they really started to wallop him. And he goes, yeah, how about those Cardinals? That's why I picked them to go to the, I said, okay, you were alluding to yourself earlier. Is that what you're you trying? So you're trying to pat yourself on the back halfway through the week one game that this team says, no, I just, they, but listen, who knows? I mean, it's a tough division. I still not picking them to win the division, Me neither. but they did a little bit of everything. And Isaiah Simmons. Oh man. That's a great sign that he popped up. Finally, uh, finally, yeah, finally, finally. It was a, a questionable rookie year for him, but they've been patient. So we'll see. Uh, Chandler Jones, real quick. I saw two pass rushers make money references after sacks. TJ Watt going like this because he already yep. got his. Chandler Jones going like this because he wants his. You know what? You both deserve it. You both are stealing some of that running back money. I understand yes, that. They are. Like, don't get me, don't get me started, Jeezy. So we'll see. Arizona's got, uh, I believe, Minnesota this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Does that sound right? I think so. If if Arizona plays like that, Minnesota's going to be in a world of hurt. They're going to be behind the eight ball extremely, extremely early. Uh, let's go to that. I mentioned the Falcons. Uh, they got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of work to do on the roster. I, I, Man, I don't look dude, at that. Yeah. Bad. Well, schematically, they tried some stuff, and I just don't think they have the horses to get it done right now. So they got a lot of work on the roster. I still believe Arthur Smith's got the potential to be a great head coach. I'm not bailing on him after one game. Uh, but on the other side, and when I say this, have you have you watched the, the All-22 yet of Jalen not, not all of it. I watched about okay. a quarter. I'm, all, all right. I'm, all, so, I'm almost there. Uh, Fran Duffy, who does a great job, the Eagles in-house productions, broke down his uh, two-minute drive uh, toward the end of the first half. And you saw what Atlanta was trying. I mean, Atlanta was disguising, doing all kinds of stuff. It wasn't just basic stuff. And they were, you know, dropping this guy, you know, this guy sinking and all this stuff. And he knew exactly where he wanted to go. And he knew exactly where he had to go. I think Jalen Hurts is starting to change my mind a little bit. I really Really? do. But I go back to last year. It's not just this year. It's not like I'm just saying one game. I go back to last year. Anybody who had questions about this guy and his ability to, to, to maneuver uh, or, or to operate for a, an entire football field. I don't see those questions right now. I, I think he's doing a great job of seeing what's being given to him. What's open. He is opening my eyes. I really do believe that he could be a passer in this league for sure. And he's a consummate leader. Uh, Jeezy. I mean, I just see whenever I watch games, I, I look at, especially when it's a, a younger quarterback or new quarterback, I see how the teammates react when he does something good or something mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. Jalen Hurts owns that team, man. They all love him. You can see it. You can see the excitement <clears throat> whenever he does something great. I think he sees the field better than I thought he would um, this early in his career. I thought yeah. that maybe he would have some problems with anticipation and stuff like that. His arm is live. I think his movement ability helps this 
um, offensive line out, who was a pretty good offensive line. They were great a few years ago, and they fell off a little bit a few um, you know, last year, and, and it, they're pretty good. I think his movement ability helps helps those guys out. And to your point, he's shown a level of accuracy that I just didn't think that he would have in this league, man. Um, he can throw the ball in this league, and I, I think he's not only winning us over, he's winning over the city, and he's probably making Jeffrey Lurie and those guys not want to draft a quarterback after this season, depending on where they finish. Let's just say depending on where they finish. I, they've, um, got, they've, they've got a test this week. I still don't have him winning the division, though. No. You still don't? Don't, no. I don't have hmm. one in the division. I still think Dallas has too much talent. I still think if Daniel Jones can stop turning the ball over I'm in not, critical situations. I am not going to let you forget that you, because 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 last week I picked the Giants on the air to win the NFC. Yes, you did. And then we had a private text chain where someone on our show, I'm not going to mention who, but she may support <laughs> the team that's in first place right now. And she came after me because... Yeah. Everybody else is 0-1 in the division. One team is 1-0 standing atop the division. And I was waiting for somebody to come to my defense. Somebody that was on the air with me. I got you, I got you back, bro. Don't no, worry. you didn't. I didn't I have didn't. it then, but I got you back in <laughs> Wait, general. Are you waiting okay. for a, like a win from the yes, Giants? Yes, I got to have a win. You can't talk mess. You can't talk mess if you ain't got a win, bro. I'm not talking mess. I just wanted you know somebody to say, hey, there's 17 weeks left. Because I didn't want to be the one to do that because I was under fire and you left me in the trenches there. Well, I tell, I tell you one thing, the <laughs> team that I, I want to say this about is my Buffalo Bills, man. Yeah. Uh, they were my lock to beat the Steelers. I was dead wrong. Um, they got beat up, man. They were up and lost the lead. And, and, and this, is, this is what I think, man. I really think that the Bills, and Jesus, you may think this is a little funny. When they play home games, I wouldn't announce the offense at the beginning of the game. Okay. And because if you watch that video of Josh Allen running out of the tunnel, he was so jacked up. He looked like a linebacker. And guess what? He went out there and overthrew a lot of passes early in the game. You hit those passes, you make those plays, you win the game. You can't go up against a team like Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers and miss on deep passes or miss on opportunities. Like I said, opportunities come with an expiration date. And they expired on Josh Allen really, really, really fast. I thought their right tackle, Darrell Williams, bruh, you, 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 need, you owe everybody money on the offense. You let T.J. Watt just totally make you look like a Pop Warner guy. OK, a pop Warner guy, you're in the National Football League. Don't ever let that, you know what, happen again. I'm, as you can see, Jeezy, I'm a little fired up, man. I'm yeah. pissed off because I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. They supposed to uh, beat teams like Pittsburgh because to me, Pittsburgh ain't great. They're OK, but they're not great. Buffalo needs a run game, too. If they don't have a run. Did you see what they did on fourth and one that, that late in the game? Did they try a quarterback sneak and then throw the damn ball backwards? On yeah. fourth and one, that yeah. was their fourth and one attempt. I would have le- I would wanted them to just run Josh Allen. Just say, you know what? Just run somewhere and get the first down. They didn't do that. So yeah. there's a couple of problems. I'm not so sure that the offensive line, because they're so used to pass protecting and allowing this big quarterback to do his thing, I'm not so sure that they're motivated to run block. And then two, Brian Dayball. Bruh, did you see Devin Singletary? 11 carries, 72 yards. You call it a little bit more, he gets more yards. You hold on to the football, and you probably win the game. Okay, I snapped for a second. I blacked out for a second. Jeezy, that was my thoughts on my Buffalo. But they just pissed me off, man, because I really had them winning this game. 
Well, and, and you got them winning the division. Uh, yes. So to do that, they better beat the Dolphins on Sunday because guess what? That'll put them two games oh. behind the Dolphins with half a tiebreaker in hand for Miami. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think they, they got to come out. They've got to play physical. Uh, that's their style of play. Um, they really have to make Tua start to feel a little bit because if Tua gets comfortable, he's going to play well. But if you rattle him, I still think there's some questions about him. So, you know, Buffalo's going to have to do their thing on the back end. You know, that's their thing on the back end is, you know, we're going to keep everything in front of us and we're going to make you check down, check down, check down the entire way. Do you have the patience to do that? And when you want to take a shot, you got to have the protection and you got to have the patience. So if those guys up front can create some havoc, get to a thinking, get them uncomfortable. Cause you know, two is going to start to feel himself a yes. little bit after going to Foxborough and winning that game. Right. Absolutely, man. And, and uh, what about the Steelers, man? Would they play the Raiders this week? You know, you got to feel good if you're the Steelers because the, the questions were offensively, right? We got mm-hmm. this new offense, Matt Canada and all that stuff. It, it didn't really click. You know, no. it's not like you dominated them offensively. Chase Claypool, I think he had three or four catches, and every single one of them was enormous. Okay, huge. Yeah. huge. And then he had a, he had an end around too. It was like he, he did, statistically from a fantasy standpoint. I, I don't I don't know if it was maybe six, seven eight points. But he had like that. impact but, though, man. But he had a huge football impact, real football on the game. Um, so, you know, you got to feel good about, we've got even more left in the tank, but we're going to play discipline, hard nose football. Um, and, and now, you know, you get the Raiders, what, what's the hangover going to be like potentially for the Raiders after that game? Uh, I oh, mean, what a game, game was, man. It was spectacular. I mean, what a just, game, man. you can't ask for a more <laughs> Vegas and everybody's making the, the Vegas connections and, yeah. you know, you, oh, they really gambled and this, <laughs> look, look, they, if you ever sit at a, at a blackjack table or roulette or whatever, you're going to feel those swings yep. up and down and the highs are going to be really high and the lows are going to be really low. So without making the Vegas connection, I'm going to make it, but because that was a, 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 a just a perfect, and it wasn't a debut because they played there last year, but the mm-hmm. first one with a full uh, uh, crowd there. So yeah, that was, that was incredible. You wonder if it's going to be a little bit of a hangover for them. All right. Ravens, have the Chiefs. This is not going well for them. Okay. No. Did not was it last year? Early in the year was a Monday night game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Patrick Queen was getting spun around and all these yep. things. And Kansas City did what they wanted to do against the Baltimore Ravens. You gotta figure John Harbaugh is gonna get these guys to come out and play with some pride and play much better than they did last year against Kansas City, right? They're they're gonna have to. And and to me, this is a must-win for Baltimore right now. I know it's early in the season, it's only week two. But this is a must win, not only because it's an AFC foe um, and it probably is going to have some seeding um, ramifications for later on in the season. But from a confidence, from a team confidence standpoint, this Baltimore Ravens team, they need to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Lamar Jackson, he needs to beat Patrick Mahomes because it just seems like um, over the over the course of their careers, it seems like Patrick Mahomes just owns Lamar right now. Lamar has great games against everybody else. You go against Kansas City and it's a shootout and you're outperformed by Patrick Mahomes. I I just think that this is the game of the week. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I think we're going to get close to 100 points scored by both teams. Um, uh, I I just think it's going to be that type of a game. But to your point, Baltimore's defense, I mean, to go a zero blitz late in the game. And I know I'm going back to last night, you know, the the other Monday night uh, last week um, with the Raiders. 
but I thought that was bad timing, mm-hmm. especially knowing that you don't have Marcus Peters, one of your best cover corners on the back end. I probably wouldn't have went cover zero in that in that particular um in that particular situation. And they better watch the times that they go cover zero against this Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. No question. Uh, I, I did think it was fascinating uh, to watch Eli Manning and Peyton Manning on their broadcast with your boy Russ. Yeah. And and all of them saying like this is going to be cover zero. This is going to be cover zero. You better pick your you, you better call your best cover zero beater. Reminded me of times where I watched games with Mike Rob. And I yeah. you know, but so you know, don't don't go sitting there thinking that these guys are some magicians. It's a quarterback's mindset. And I've had the luxury of sitting next to one, even though Norm Chow had his say about where Mike Rob played in the NFL. He is still a quarterback at heart. And trust me, you sit with him. You get a broad, you get a Mike Rob live stream. You better tune into that. Thank you, Jeezy, man. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Total Access, The Locker Room. For more insight with The Locker Room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.